the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello everyone, I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 128 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the war against parents by woke California legislatures the state superintendent of schools, and its attorney general. That's right, George. You know, members of our audience may have heard about the controversy surrounding a parent notification policy that was adopted recently by the Chino Valley Unified School District in Southern California, and the lawsuit filed challenging it by California's attorney general, Rob Bonta. Um, well, today we want to talk about what's at issue here with these policies, the details of these policies, and why the left is fighting so vigorously to kill them off, and what you as our audience can actually do about it. So, George, I think probably the best place to start is what are these policies? What are they all about? And of course, school officials are required to notify parents on certain things that happen currently in the school district, but this goes a little bit deeper. It, it does. And because of what we have seen happening in public schools, here are some of the things that weren't covered previously. Right. And so this is a, another kind of catch-all kind of policy. So if your child is being bullied or is bullying somebody else, right, right we are asking for the school you know, employees to notify parents about this. If they become suicidal or some other form of severe mental or emotional trauma, I mean, teachers are similar to parents. They see these children day in, day out, and they can detect when behavior changes, when something's off. And and so those teachers or those administrators should share that information with their parents and should not withhold it. Also, if there's a verbal or physical altercation be, between students or between maybe a student and staff member, I mean, parents need to know these things. You would think. And and then also the the really the latest fad of craziness that we have seen all across America, but especially in crazy blue states, is if your child is identifying with a gender that's different than their biology, why shouldn't parents know that? I mean, that's the crazy thing. But as of right now, teachers 
and or, you know, school district officials aren't mandated to report things like that to parents. And George, I would venture to say that but for this particular feature of these notification policies, the fact that there were now going to require teachers or any school official that finds out about this, so that a child is actively identifying with a non-biological gender. And that could mean I want to be referred to as a different preferred pronoun. I want to start using, if I'm a girl, the boys facilities mm-hmm. or vice versa. Parents need to be notified. These notification policies have been around for quite some time. They're already in some form in our education code. This is the feature, though, that has really exercised people, particularly on the left. They don't want this to happen. And there's another particular feature of this: these notification policies now is that they have parents have to be notified within three days of discovering these basic things. Yes. And in Mark, yeah, you, you mentioned that this is the trigger, right? Because the, the left has their narrative and they're going to stick to their ideology, even though they are parents too. Many of them are parents too, you know? And when you, when you ask a lot of them, yeah, they want to know if their child is going to get a Tylenol. In fact, the school can't prescribe Tylenol to a child unless a parent writes that in, in, in consents to That's it. That's right. Yet for something as major as this, they are now standing up. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's illogical. It's totally illogical. And the, the fact that um, there's resistance on letting parents know that a child is uh, identifying with a gender that doesn't comport with their biology, these are life-changing um, uh, attitudes that children are taking on that can lead to life-changing circumstances. Hence the reason why we need these notification policies. And these these policies are adopted. They have to be adopted by each school district. This is, can't be a statewide issue, particularly in California, because we don't have the, the politics to do it. I mean, we have Correct. a super majority of leftists in our state legislature. They continue to pass policies that work to actually hide uh, these facts from parents. Mm-hmm. And we see evidence of this all over. Well, there's a there's over a thousand school districts in California, yeah. in fact, a little over 1100 to be specific. But so far, George, these policies have actually passed now in a number of school districts. I think six, six uh, is, I think uh, the is, is the latest count. Yeah. Uh, the most recent one being right here in our backyard. In fact, it happened very recently in the city of Orange Unified School District. And you attended the meeting where that vote took place, didn't you? I did. And I was there the, the previous month for the first reading because that's that's pretty standard board procedure. Whenever you bring a, pol- a new policy in, uh, you just first bring it in on the calendar for a first reading. Everybody gets an, an entire month to review it, to comment on it. Um, and I tell you, the there was an overwhelming show of parents in the room um, for 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 this historic um, you know vote that took place um, I would say there was 80 percent in support of this parental notification policy well according to uh, different sources including the Rasmussen project uh, they pulled parents to see how they feel about this issue do they want to be notified quickly? when one of their children is identifying with a non-biological gender. 
And those are the percentages that we're seeing between 70 and 80% of parents. Yes, definitely. We want to be notified. So this is a popular policy. It's very popular. In fact, I was shocked because as you hear speaker after speaker, there was 123 speakers that signed up to speak. Um, and speaker after speaker went up and they introduced themselves in a very atypical fashion. Like one of the speakers was like, I voted for gay marriage and I voted for Democrat basically all my life. But on this issue, as a parent, I stand to support the majority of the board members who want to pass this. I mean, it was that crazy. You had you had people from all walks of life, all across the political spectrum, who recognized that this was going to be, if it wasn't going to be passed, that the school district and that the its employees, teachers, administrators, basically were going to be given a pass to violate their constitutional God-given parental rights. Well, not surprisingly, George, and as threatened by California's Attorney General Rob Bonta, um, when the Chino Valley Unified School District was the first school district in California to pass this new policy, uh, he threatened to file suit, um, and he did exactly that on the 28th of August against the district for declaratory injunctive relief, which is a fancy way of saying we're going to shut down this policy. We're going to prevent it from essentially taking legal effect. And uh, very recently, uh, this is going to be a long litigation. This is not going to be decided overnight. And my prediction, George, is just going to go to the Supreme Court. Um, this is not only going to take effect here in California, but school districts from around the country now are going to start adopting these policies. It's a wonderful thing. But in the meantime, you know, this legal battle goes on. So where it ends right now is that a temporary restraining order was granted on Chino Valley School District policy for 30 days. So this is normal. Uh, this kind of thing happens. It'll be taken up again uh, about a month from now. But we are starting a long litigation process and, now. And Mark, two things maybe that I've, I've heard parents ask yesterday, and, and I think you know this better, so maybe we can explain it real quick. Uh, number one, how does that lawsuit affect districts like mine that just passed it? And then number two, if this goes all the way to the Supreme Court, what does that mean for the infamous case of Fields versus Palmdale's? Yeah, so the, the first question first, that's the beauty of these policies. So these are district by district policies, and these districts have the right to enact these and so they would have to file suit against each, each one. district. Mm. Yeah. Um, a, a decision to uh, stop a policy in one district is not going to affect another one because these cases are happening in the local courts. So until it gets to a higher court, uh, the Ninth Circuit, let alone the Supreme Court, um, this is going to be an expensive proposition for the state of California to prosecute these. That's the good news. What happens when it gets to the Supreme Court? Well, the Supreme Court doesn't take uh, issues unless they have national um, influence, national bearing. So yes, uh, in regards to your question about fields, fields basically stood for the proposition that parents don't have any control over the upbringing of their children once they drop them off at the school door. So I suspect, George, that uh, if and when, and I think it's when this gets to the Supreme Court, it will have a direct bearing on uh, that decision, which happened in 2005. Yeah. This is a wonderful thing. So, George, we should probably talk about why these policies are needed. And I can think of one, to reassert parental authority in the school system. 
we have been giving up authority as parents for too many decades now. We have. And if you don't actively uh, take control of the authority that is yours by law and your God-given rights, they will be taken away from you. And we've seen that happen in the school. In fact, that's what led to the Fields case. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, Mark, the last month when I was there for the first reading, I asked the question of the board and I, I asked him, look, at the root of the matter is not, you know, all of the details in this policy. It's really one question, which is whose children are they? And if we can answer that question, then we know how to vote for this policy. Well, not even 15 minutes later, as the board was deliberating, one of the trustees said, while parents have expansive rights, they do not own their children. And this is the kind of stuff that's happening in our school system. Many school board members believe that kind of, you know, fallacious statement that, you know, this trustee made. And so we we need to reassert our parental authority. We need to let our school board members know that these children belong to parents. They don't belong to the schools. There really is that underlying thinking among school administrators and, and progressives uh, yes. in our state legislature and, and in the school system. They believe that the state is in a better position to make major life decisions about children than their own parents. They have sort of an implicit bias against parents. In fact, we hear that over and over again. We can't dare tell a parent within three days of finding out about about this because it may damage the child somehow. It may put the children at risk. I mean, this is a common diatribe that we hear. The underlying uh, thinking being that parents can't be trusted. They, they don't act on, on in the best interest of their own children. That's why the state is so important. We have to control this. And, and that's the Marxist ideology, you know, that is being now implemented by these type of school board members. What was interesting is um, last night during the, the second meeting where uh, it passed at OUSD, I had a young man who came up to me and he said, George, I've heard you speak multiple times before. I heard you share your testimony about, you know, growing up in communist Romania and everything your parents and older siblings went through. But it didn't hit me about the reality of what that meant until that particular school board member made that statement. He said, I, I, I couldn't understand what that meant to, to live in that kind of a country. When she made that statement, it was like, oh, my goodness. It's happening here. Yeah, that's right. It really is. And so why are they needed, parents, to reassert parental authority in the school system, to reassert parental authority in your children's lives, to reassert parental authority in state and federal government? I love what Tiffany Justice of Moms for Liberty says. We do not co-parent with the state. We definitely don't. And we probably should... uh Buy some T-shirts that say that. <laughs> we, we shouldn't be. It's a great statement. Well, of course, the other side, uh, they have their objections. And one of them we already talked about, that non-binary students will, non-binary children will be at risk from unaffirming parents. Well, in the Chino Valley School District, I heard that since their policy passed, um, there have been 15 notifications that have been given to parents. And that's just in the last few weeks. And there have been no issues, George, whatsoever. Parents want to know how best to help their kids. They are generally, yeah, there are exceptions to every rule. 
But these are such minor exceptions. Most parents love their kids, including children that are suffering from gender dysphoria. I agree. And they're in the best position to try and help those children. But the other objection that they make, George, is that kids will commit suicide unless they're actively affirmed in their subjective gender identification. And we know that's false. And and this is a lie that even in Orange Unified was constantly propagated by speakers who were opposing this parental notification policy. And the most cited source was the Trevor Project. And parents, I encourage you to go out there and do your own research about the Trevor Project. We talked about the Trevor Project wow. uh, in the past. Uh, the Trevor Project uh, is actually preying on children. Um, and the kind of ugly things that you will find in the chat rooms that they provide, you know, the Trevor Project is the suicide hotline, basically. And they are basically counseling your children on how to become non-binary, how to become a tree, a, a you know, a Tootsie Roll, um, all of these different expansive genders. But this was the most cited authoritative source um, for the other side. And, and it's just completely egregious, the, the kind of things that these people do. That's right, George. Well, let's talk about the state legal objections uh, to, to these policies. And they have a few of them. In fact, uh, we know they have a few of them because we have the complaint that was filed by Attorney General Rob Bonta against Chino Unified. And uh, in general, first of all, they say that, quote, outing of, chil- of children to their parents is a form of impermissible discrimination. Say what? Uh, now think <laughs> about that for for a moment. A school official actually sharing information about what every parent would naturally want to know is now a form of legal discrimination. This is the argument that they're actually making. And of course they, you know, they they point to some legal um uh language to help support it including the California Constitution Article 1 that indeed makes sex a suspect classification, then they make the inference jump, George, and Mm -hmm. said sex also applies to gender identification. Well, discrimination applies to government actions against private citizens. This cannot apply to parents of their own children. And gender identification is not a suspect class in our Constitution, in our legal language, uh, there was one case that uh, is famous. It's the Bostock case, yeah. um, and that has only to do with employment law. And it says that employers can't discriminate against people that identify with the opposite sex. But the court was very careful to say this ruling only applies to employment law. And it doesn't even apply to situations where someone who identifies with the opposite sex can use facilities or changing facilities, or bathrooms. It doesn't apply to that. We have not tested those concepts in the Supreme Court. So, Yeah, I mean, Neil Gorsuch was very clear in, in his you know, majority ruling there that, that he wrote. But, but the Biden administration used that, and they basically gave out an executive order uh, or guidance uh, of how that mean and how and what that means to Title IX. And they're taking that definition of you know, sex equals gender as well, and applying it to all of this stuff too. They have proposed language to make gender identity a suspect class for in terms of civil rights laws. But George, we just got word that they have delayed now 
uh, this proposed language until next year. So they realize now the tide of public opinion is coming against them. And this is an election year now that is coming up. So uh, this has no legal effect whatsoever, this proposed language from Title IX uh, that has to do with uh, federal financing of education. So, George, what is our response uh, to these objections? Well, number one, the studies that assert that gender dysphoric children do better with gender-affirming care, unlike what some of the more liberal board members in Orange said, they are highly disputed. There is no consensus around these studies. In fact, these studies provide no information about the pediatric uh, outcomes based on, they're, they're all based on adult patients. They do not address the rise of rapid onset gender dysphoria. Of the patients eligible for these so-called studies, only about half actually participated, meaning the responses by those who did not respond uh, may be very different. In fact, it's called non-response bias. Mm-hmm. So these, these studies that these leftists use, they're, they're triggered. They're, they're jiggered. The, the data is manipulated in such a way to give them the, uh, the result that they want. And they provide no information as to why there was no follow up among many of the individuals, which raises the possibility that these were lost to suicide. I completely agree, Mark. Um, and you can talk to any kind of statistician and people who are very used to working in that world of, of studies and the, the rigors that you need to go through and the kind of peer reviews that need to happen. Yep. Those studies don't stand up. They don't hold any water. That's right. In fact, uh, the state telling children that they were born in the wrong body, George, we would call gender grooming. And it's already having terrible consequences. Here is just some sample data supported by cited studies. There's been a sharp increase in incidence of gender dysphoria in children and young people. The mortality rate is much higher for transgender people. Puberty blockers result in massive decrease in bone density. The stigma minority stress does not explain poor LGBT behavior statistics. These are all supported by uh, studies. A desistance is the norm for gender dysphoria unless affirmed conservatively in 85% of the cases. So if kids are just left alone, they're going to come to identify with their biological sex. It's when the state steps in and encourages them to embrace non-biological gender dysphoria that problems happen. Exactly. And and even worse, I mean, the testosterone in increases the risk of heart disease in women fourfold, right? Um, the mental and social health of patients undergoing sex reassignment surgeries does not improve. And we know that from all of the Swedish studies of, of post-gender reassignment surgery patients that have taken place now for 30 years. So these are longitudinal studies over a long period of time that they've been tracked, and yet they still have 19 times uh, more than likely to commit suicide than the general population. So all of the true studies are on the side of truth um, and everything that we've been mentioning up until now. And we have this information available on our website under medical research. In fact, George, in recognition of this data, European countries have been among the most transgender affirming in, in the world. They are going in the opposite direction now. Uh, More and more nations, including Sweden, Finland, the United Kingdom, and now Denmark have all passed policies that say, hey, wait a minute, we've gone too far. We can see the results this is having. 
you are no longer going to get gender affirming care until you reach adulthood. Exactly. That, that's the answer. So we asked the question, George, of all school board members that may be um, considering passing this notification policy. Um, this is the question they should ask themselves. You who are resisting these policies are thinking that it's somehow going to be dangerous to children to notify parents. What new insight has arisen, scientific or otherwise, to suddenly justify telling children that they were born in the wrong body? Because unless you can answer that question, we had no business toying with children's lives by affirming or hiding from parents non-binary gender identities. Yeah, so... Parents, what can you do? Board members, what can you do? You can visit the Coalition for Parental Rights website at caparentalrights.com. Of which POK is a member. Yes, and that's caparentalrights.com. Download the Action Toolkit. It was very helpful. I read through it over a month ago before I attended my first school board meeting. It's so helpful. gives you talking points, gives you all of the backup, the scientific data. Really, really good. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope this has been valuable information. Please follow this issue online. POK will be con- continue to report uh, on this topic. And if you haven't already, please subscribe uh, to our website. Uh, you can do that by going to protectourkidsnow.org and uh, subscribe. And that way you will get our weekly updates on topics like these and more. Well, thank you for joining us on Say What, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Say What, the radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.